Hello and welcome to Victory Briefings, where we use the Word of God for a victorious life. I'm Dwight Hammond and I'm glad you're listening today. Be blessed by the Holy Spirit as He gives you new revelation knowledge through the Word of God. We're going to start in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 20 through 24. And, uh, but first I want to reiterate what Paul is talking about here. He's talking about putting on the new man. Paul says in verse 17, 417, he says, I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind and having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Verse 19, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. That brings us up to Ephesians 4, verses 20 through 24. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, Verse 22, that if you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitfulness of lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Chapter 4 verse 20 tells us, but you have not so learned Christ. Now, it's a shame that the RSV and the NIV and the ESV translations and others have translated this phrase, you have heard about Christ. Since there is no preposition here in the Greek, that's a bad translation. Paul figures that through the Christian teachers, they have actually heard Christ's voice. You have been taught by him. Paul did not say you've learned about Christ. You can learn about Christ and never be saved. To learn Christ means to have a personal relationship with Jesus so that you get to know him better every day. I can collect books about Henry Ford, even read his autobiography, and never learn Henry Ford because Henry is dead. Jesus, on the other hand, is very much alive. I have a personal relationship with my Lord. I can learn him, hear him, and be taught by him. The truth is alive. The Ephesians learned Christ, not only learning about Jesus, but continuously learning him. This means a living, abiding knowledge of Jesus will keep us from the kind of sinful conduct that Paul's been preaching about. Just knowing about Jesus isn't enough. Even the devil knows about Jesus. You don't need to live like the Gentiles. In Christ, you have a different principle of living, a different way of thinking. You find the truth in Jesus Christ about life, about yourself, about the makeup of science and nature, and about human behavior. In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, according to Colossians chapter 2, verse 3. The truth in Christ is the acid test that you can check everything else against. Jesus said, If any man follow me, he shall not walk in darkness, 
but shall have the light of life. In John 8, 12, that means a Christian does not need to walk in uncertainty about things or be in lack of knowledge. In Christ, we have the truth that reveals. It's popular today to think that nothing can be known for sure. This describes the futility of the world's thinking. To think there are no sure answers, no ultimate knowledge, no absolute truth. Jesus said to his disciples, If you continue in my word, you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. In John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, Truth, even though it's difficult at times, is realistic, and it sets us free, tearing away the veil of illusion and confusion. In these last days, we really must test what we hear, and our thinking had better be in line with God's word. There is so much deception in the world. You no longer live, as Gentiles do, in the emptiness of their minds, since you've learned Christ. You discover resources in him far greater than any earthling ever dreamed of. When fruitfulness, glory, and grace begin to manifest in your life, your neighbors and friends will notice. What does this person have? What kind of faith is this? Who are these people, and what makes them able to live like this? What makes them so happy? In the rest of this letter, Paul gives us details and specifics, bringing it right down to where we live. Now, as we go through the rest of this letter, we'll see that what we do is itself witnessing, telling what we are. Therefore, what we are must be what Christ is. For that is the only life that captures, changes, and challenges men. Now that we have been instructed in who we are in Christ and what we have in Christ, the next question is, what must we do? Verse 22 tells us to put off the old man, and it goes on to say, put on the new man. It's the same Greek word that would describe changing clothes. God will not do this for you. You must put off and put on. The idea is to change into a different kind of conduct, different way of doing things. Think of a prisoner who was released from jail, but he still wears his prison clothes and acts like a prisoner instead of a free man. He wants to fit into society, but he still looks like and feels like he's a prisoner. The first thing you would tell this person was to put on some new clothes. Putting on different clothes will change the way you think about yourself and the way you see yourself. And putting on different behavior will change your attitude. We shouldn't wait until we feel like a new man. We put the new man on by faith. Paul is basically saying there must be a break with the past. Jesus isn't merely added to our old life. The old life dies. It's a separation from the old. And he becomes our new life. Chapter 4, verse 23 tells us renewed and that same word is used in Romans 12, too. Renewed of the mind, in the spirit or the attitude of your mind. By faith, the word of God renews our mind, and the desires gradually come in alignment to live a godly life while we occupy a sinful world. The new man says, Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. John 20, verse 29 There comes a time when you have to step out in faith and tell your old self, your senses, you got to tell your senses to shut up. I'm going to believe what God says about me. 
And after saying and believing God's word several times, your mind begins to know that it works. The new inward man is strengthened. The outer man is put off. We do it, not God. We just used what he has provided, his word. There's a battle in your mind, and you have the new man on the inside warring against the old man on the outside. The old man, obviously, is the desire of the body, the nature of the flesh, according to Romans 6, verse 6. The mind is the battleground, Romans seven twenty-two to 25. Now Ephesians four twenty-four tells us to put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. The new man is the new creature in 2 Corinthians 5.17, created in us at the new birth. It's the person created according to the image of Jesus, which is truly righteousness and holiness. This is a contrast to the old man, who is the person we inherited from Adam, who naturally rebels against God. We put on the new creature who supernaturally operates in righteousness by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Well, praise God. Let me pray for you now. Father, I thank you for my friend listening today. He's been a child of yours for some time now, but he still does a lot of things that he did before the new birth. Bless him, Lord, as he puts off those grave clothes and begins to wear your righteousness and life. Thank you, Lord. Father, bless my sister today with the faith and boldness to change the way she thinks as she looks to you for holiness and healing. She is your workmanship and is eager to show others the beauty she has from learning you. Lord, we all thank you for your word and the grace to abide in it. We are truly blessed as we learn more about our position in you and with authority we continue with the direction and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Drop your comments and questions in the mailbag by clicking the mailbag button on the website, or you can email me, mailbag at victorybriefings.net. I hope you are subscribed and will make it a part of your ministry to share this message with others. God bless you, my friend. This program and other materials are available at victorybriefings.net. <laughs>